The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Hope you're doing well. We are going to do some super-duper quick instant reaction to All Elite Wrestling Rally that we just saw live on YouTube and uh, Instagram and everywhere. I uh, was chatting with a a new friend of mine, Tom, um, on uh, the Twitter DMs talking about the events and uh we said hey let's just uh let's chat real quick and uh, i'd love to get your opinions on some of these crazy announcements that's come up so uh please uh welcome tom colahue uh pw torch contributor and freelance journalist how you doing tom i'm doing good mate how are you i'm doing very well thanks for uh hanging out uh very instantly very organically um very uh, late in the evening <laughs> yeah, it's half 11 over here yeah i uh, i sometimes stay to watch uh raw and smackdown at 1 a.m but it's a rare occasion so oh. i stayed up for aw the rally it's uh i thought i'd give it a go see what it was uh, like and here we are now. it was fulfilling i think it's fascinating uh, I think it's easy to get your your hopes up very quickly that it's going to be WCW Monday Night Wars. It's very natural of us of a certain age to think that's where we're going to go. But um, I wanted to get your reaction on this because uh, WCW kind of had NWA, the Super Show. Everything was kind of already in place. Um, yeah. AEW starting from the ground up. Uh, you have the names. You have the competitors. You have some locations but other than that this is going to take a while to to grow do you agree with that oh absolutely people when they talk about the monday night wars they tend to forget that wcw had been running as a company for a long time beforehand and they were working with a lot of stars firstly that they had built over decades when you consider as you say nwa before it and so on as well as um the nwo is a perfect example of people who were coming over from another company but had already been built very high and um, they had a lot of groundwork already poured in and while there's a bit of that in AEW you look at the long careers of Chris Jericho you look at the long careers of Cody Rhodes the books potentially Kenny Omega but that's not confirmed one way or the other yet yeah they've got the groundworks they're at the pieces are there but they don't have the history they don't have the prestige as it were and they're running a bit threadbare at the minute so it will take a while now how do you feel what do you think just instant reaction about the actual day-to-day operations do you think the day-to-day operations and who's going to be booking and all this stuff is going to be going down to the wrestlers or are we still yet to see some some big names a la jjr jim ross come on board um, would you speculate to that, or do you think this is really a wrestling-run organization, a wrestler-run organization? What do you think about that? Well, at the moment, we only know about three executive vice presidents who are the ones who will be making the booking decisions, that being Cody and the books. They've mentioned that there will be more. I'm sure there are more. 
there'll be a couple. I'd imagine Chris Jericho is one who may have that position but won't vocalise it. Mm. And when you talk about potentially JR, I know he's been mentioned quite a lot. He certainly could get involved, but that's still being wrestler run because even though he never really got in the ring himself apart from having his arm broken by Triple H occasionally, he <laughs> has still been integral to wrestling and an important part of wrestling ever since he first threw on a toga at WrestleMania 9 <laughs> and the year before in WCW, of course. So it certainly seems to me it's going to be wrestler run. That said, they do have someone above them in Tony Khan who uh, is a fan of wrestling, certainly. That was mentioned in the statement he released today. But he is not a wrestler. He's not been that far involved in the company. He is unlikely to get too involved in the wrestling side of it and mostly be there financially. But he does have the power to do so should he decide to. Now, we've seen and we've learned that the Khan brothers are not only the owners of Fulham Football Club over in your part of the world, um, up in London, on the river, and uh, also Jacksonville Jaguars, which we know here in the States. Um, if you if you don't follow football football, not American football, you, you should know that Fulham's actually doing pretty well. Um, other than they've made it back into the Premier League. They're, they're a good team. They're back in the top tier. Um, so... Uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt with the Jack with the Jaguars' performance of late. Um, he's a wrestling fan as well, so this is not just somebody throwing his deep pockets at something. He's also a fan, from what I've from what I've picked up and gathered. So, uh, do you think that hinders or benefits uh, this AEW venture that he's actually a fan as well? I'd say a little of both. It depends. Obviously, I don't know the man, so I don't know what his persuasion would be. I think being a fan will help him trust the people around him, primarily Cody the Bucks, of course, because he'll know them, he'll know their success, he'll know their track record. But at the same time, being a fan, he might look at a storyline or a bit of creative and think, "Mm, maybe I could do that better. Mm, That's scary. It is a bit scary, Mm. but it also may end up being better. There's nothing to say that someone who isn't inside the world of wrestling can write a storyline that appeals to people who maybe weren't fans of wrestling beforehand. That's an interesting point because you look at a company like Progress uh, in the United Kingdom, which I love, is essentially run by three friends, three wrestling fans, uh, you know, Comic and Jim Smalliman and uh, Glenn Joseph. Um, so, yeah, there's a good point to be had there that maybe not being in wrestling could actually be a good thing. Um, as an owner. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask you was the equal pay. Brandy, uh, the chief branding officer, uh, says that they're going to have equal pay for men and women. And I wanted to give you the platform to, to hear your opinion and your instant reaction on that comment. And do you think they're, they'll be able to do that? Um, is it possible? And is, what's going to happen with that? I think it's a a bold choice. It certainly puts them a step ahead of the way that the WWE model works at the moment. But there is a reason that the WWE model works as it does. The idea being that they pay people for their drawing potential. Now, a lot of women in WWE are catching up. Ronda Rousey is very close to being the top earners. Charlotte Flair is not far behind in any way. So they're approaching that, but they still work to the model of how many eyes do you bring to the company with all elite it depends how well they build these people 
because a Brit Baker with all the best will in the world, less people are going to pay to see her right now than a Chris Jericho. Now, I think it's a great move and it could work brilliantly, but are they paying people what they will generate in income or are they paying people um, in order to create a system whereby they are equally paid? Well, there seems to be no doubt that they can pay the wages. They've already shown today that Pac, uh, Jericho, now Adam Page, and of course the Young Bucks. Um, So the money's there, but it's going to be fascinating to see because I think, um, like you said, it's going to be hard to actually fill that. It's, It's very easy to say that everybody gets the same rightful pay, but... Uh, it'll be fascinating. It, they've definitely made a declaration that's going to be uh, interesting to see them fulfill, to say the least. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, and thanks again for hanging out, uh, means a lot. Um, Jericho, we kind of touched on it just a second ago. I, I, How can you not use Jericho as some sort of a consultant? Um, do you think that he's going to be... Uh, because there's, there's really no... He didn't actually say he's going to wrestle. He's going to be there. So is he going to be an on-screen talent and a behind-the-scenes uh, production member? Well, it was a way back when AEW was first rumored, when we first started hearing about it. And at that time, the rumor was that Jericho would be at an equal level to Cody in the box. Now, Jericho being Jericho, he will wrestle. He loves wrestling. He won't want to stop wrestling. At the same time, Jericho being Jericho, he wants to tour because he loves touring and he loves playing music. He came out to his own music. It was a great song. (laughs) So Jericho is a very hard one to pin down. I'd imagine he's going to do a bit of everything, a bit of consultancy work, a bit of consultancy work, sorry. Uh, Of course, quite a bit of wrestling. And then there'll be patches where he just vanishes again. Jericho is one of those. He doesn't stay anywhere for long because he gets bored. So we'll see what happens in that regard. It'll be interesting. Now, as far as AE wrestling, all E wrestling, as far as what you've heard, because we're not really in the room when the contracts are are being written or looked at, as far as what you've heard, and I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but are these contracts exclusive to American soil or all you know are they extremely exclusive to just that brand do you do you know a way that you've possibly been hearing lately of which way it's going to be well first off you hear quite a lot of things some of them are contradictory so you do have to go with certain sources that have been good to you in the past i'm not that well connected at the moment but with aw i've been quite lucky in the connections i do have have uh, interest in the company what i've been hearing is that they are more exclusive than a lot of people would like upon first reading. As in, there was a move recently in NXT UK to take people into a more exclusive contract whereby they will work with the company and with certain partners, but will not go out and seek their own booking. That, from what I can tell, is what's going on in all elite wrestling. When you look at, for example, Pac, formerly Neville, bringing his championship belt from another promotion to the rally. Yeah, that that was very telling. Yeah, that was a very telling moment. That says to me that this is not a man who's on an exclusive contract. You look at someone like Jericho, 
he can sit down and because of his drawing power, because of his immense immense name value, he is their biggest draw. If he says to them, I don't want an exclusive contract, are they going to say no? So I'm it's... hearing a lot. There could be a lot of different ways to go about it. From what I can tell, most people will be on exclusive contracts, but not exclusive to US soil because all elite doesn't want to limit itself to just one area. That's a good point. I, th- I think that for certain people, you have to look at it case by case because some people are just uh, different, different draws, different type of people you have to look at. Yeah. Um, as far as partnerships, you said uh, partnerships. So we saw the Dragon Gate title right there on, on the stage. Um, we got an announcement about Oriental Wrestling uh, being partners. And they tweeted out just a few moments ago that they are, you know, double or nothing. Um, do you think that I know it's <laughs> literally just seconds after, um, but do you think that, that that they're modeling for a first hour similar to the cruiserweights on the WCW Monday Night uh, Monday Nitro? Are they are they looking at that model as a model to use on an eventual television program? Which is I'm, I know is going to be far away, but. Um, do you think that's the purpose of, of that partnership, or am I putting uh, Oriental Wrestling kind of too low in the card? I would imagine they're looking at a lot of different ways to do it. Um, that model, the WCW model, where they started with the cruiserweights, lots of six-mans, lots of eight-mans, lots of high-pitched action, that worked. That woke the crowd up. And you will probably know as well as I do that the Young Bucks were big fans of that. They, they love that, and they, they work to become that, to become that exciting start to everything before you get to the heavy hitters, the main event, all that later on. You can be that important early on in the card. So it's very much possible that they've chosen to do that. However, it's also possible that they want to get stars throughout. When you consider that uh, Pac was not a big fan of being in 205 Live or stranded there as he was, mm. The purpose of that show was to be that section. He won't want to be stuck in that early bit. Whether or not people are happy to do that as part of a partnership, whether or not they're being brought in to fill that role, and whether or not the exposure to them will be worth it in the long run, we'll have to uh, figure that out as we go along. So we got a... A, a secondary announcement, in addition to being uh, their fir- having their first show in uh, Las Vegas in May, we're getting a secondary show in Jacksonville. Uh, this is kind of a general question. Do you think that th- that a, a ballsy approach is necessary um, to contest with other organizations in the United States? Do you think this is is too ballsy? Is this are this too overambitious, um, or is this about the expectations that we should be seeing from a company starting out? It's possible that they weren't really given the choice as to where their second show would be. It's possible that in order to get the first show, they had to do the second one because it's Jacksonville. They had to give back to Jacksonville. There is a um, an onus on owners of big teams. There certainly is over here. I've I believe there is over there, like the Jaguars, to encourage the community around them. And they've chosen a great way to do it. They do have to be bold. They do have to be brave. They can't sit back and wait for things to build, which is, of course, why they're spending so much money at the moment, or they would be if the contracts are active. They have to go out there and they have to draw attention. They have to get eyes. They have to have 
big moments and big championship matches straight from the off. They have to have big shows. They have to cram people into arenas. If they want to hit the ground running as quickly as they can, they need big signings, they need big moments, they need big events. Now, I saw a a couple of things online, just reports, obviously, just rumors and speculation. Nothing's for sure, but there's a lot of talk about them getting a... a, a not only getting, but a lot of these contracts hinging on a big TV deal. And getting a TV deal would really put them right up in contention with Impact, Ring of Honor, and possibly parts of WWE programming. Um, So what have you heard, if anything, about any TV deal, given that we saw Jericho just show up? And that's a big, big, uh, big grab to have. I I think... uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about a TV deal. Do you think that something is, you know, there's a handshake that was done? Um, and what's going to happen as far as a TV programming? Uh, what's your opinion on, on the TV deal? Well, firstly, just touching on Jericho, he briefly had his own TV show called But I'm Chris Jericho. So there is a market for a TV show just on the back of him being in it. I'll say that for certain. When you talk about competing with the other companies, Impact have had a torrid time trying to get one dedicated slot on one dedicated channel for their duration. They've had a very bad time of that. So a TV deal can be very important. It's a TV deal that made WCW an actual competitor to WWE after all. Now, everything I've heard suggests that there are a lot of options on the table. Whether or not these are good options, I can't say. But I think a large reason to have this rally and have it broadcast on so many different mediums at once, was to say, look, this many people watch this rally. This many people want to watch our program without these people announced. This many people signed up just for the name alone. That gives them bargaining power. That gives them negotiating positions. That will help them to find the right deal for them. Were were, were you surprised at seeing... 60,000 views and uh, uh, with are, are you surprised at, at the amount of viewership and the buzz that it's being created um, are you surprised at all or should we be kind of chilling out a little bit which I've seen some people tweet about um, in, a, in a less nice way um, what do you think about the expectations of fans should we just cool it um, or should this really be uh, a big big deal um I'm a pretty stringent believer that no matter how big something's going to be, go in expecting very little. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of pressure off the company. It takes a lot of pressure off the management. And if the first couple of shows aren't that good, you're going to continue watching because you didn't expect them to be that great. So it helps them in the long run. When you look at, what was it, 60,000? I think I was watching the YouTube stream. It hit about 64,000, I think was the record when Mm -hmm. Jericho was on there. Um, I had a few other things open. I was trying to keep track of the numbers. I don't personally believe they reached 100,000, but if that's what they want to announce, that's fine for them. Um, it was a big number. I maybe expected a little bit more based on the buzz that it seemed to generate, but it's uh, it's not an ideal time for your average wrestling fan to be sitting down and putting on YouTube. And I don't know. that they, they didn't do too much to grab people who were already there until you had the later moments with Jericho, who was obviously there positioned as a main event. 
do you, I want to know about what you think about the timing of their first event. Is there any significance to the May timing um, in regards to the G1 Supercard, which will be at MSG? Um, is there any... Is that just a coincidence, or or is there some significance to that that timing for their first event? I don't for a minute think it's coincidental, but at the same time, it, it would again be very bold if they plan to compete. They're going to struggle there, and it's also a bit of a slap in the face for the company that that brought a lot of them forward to put themselves in direct competition like that. Now, it may just be that that's the time they could get. It may just be that that they felt was the best time for a show, which is certainly possible. It's a, it's a good time of the year to go out and watch that sort of event. But I think we'll see closer to time. They may step on a few toes of it, and it may be something they regret when the actual viewing figures come in. I um, <laughs> and you've probably not seen this yet, but I want to just get your super super instant reaction to this. But Ryan Satin, everybody's favorite Ryan Satin. Um, <laughs> so take that as you will. Um, he he puts a tweet out uh, from Pro Wrestling Sheets saying, "Fans wearing All Elite merch allegedly turned away from SmackDown Live because, of course, SmackDown Live's happening in Jacksonville today." Uh, do you think that WWE should WWE be worried in any way? I mean, this company's seven days old, and and we only know about a couple of signings. Um, should they be concerned as a company? It sounds kind of silly, but but should they? I don't know. You know more about this than I do, most likely. Well, there have been times before now when people have gone into uh, shows for the WWE wearing PW Torch t-shirts and what's happened is they've ended the night wearing WWE t-shirts. They got free free t-shirts that night, so there's there's a plus to that. (laughs) But Vince McMahon is a very shrewd businessman and you'll know for a long time he wouldn't state the name of TNA or Impact. He would not state the name of competition because that is giving them free publicity. Mm. And when you've got people in your crowd wearing a competitor, it doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small, it doesn't benefit him in any way. It only benefits competition. So why would he let it happen? I completely understand him saying that, and I I believe he would he would make sure security prevented people from entering. I think it's also a big thing that uh, AEW haven't tried to compete with SmackDown. They haven't actually tried to have their show at the same time. I think on that one they knew better. Well, we do have the trademarks that we've seen for Tuesday Night Dynamite or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems that they're going to really give it a good go against Ooh, SmackDown. Say that. say that, but SmackDown are already known to be moving to Friday on Fox. Oh, okay, that's right, Fox. Well, Eventually, that shows in a time when they know that their competition is moving away from that. It's... Um... It's so fascinating. Yeah, and I, and I don't follow WWE well enough, to be honest. Uh, I'm a New Japan guy, so <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see how. Because I thought the timing was fascinating with the May show. Um, conveniently, just after G1 Supercard, where could be the last time ROH partners with New Japan. We don't really know what's for sure happening. 
as far as no, partnerships no. go. Um, so do you think New Japan would be in a <laughs> tr- uh, uh, talent sharing kind of um, you know deal with them, or do you think they'll stick with Ring of Honor? I suspect personally they will stick with, with Ring of Honor because that is that's a sign of respect to a long term partner. If someone new comes along, you tend to stick with a partner you've had for longer, you've built up that trust. That's a good thing. It, it doesn't mean that there won't be any talent sharing. If AEW comes forward and tries to talent share, I'm sure they will be open to that. But you just wait until the moment before a big show when one of their stars is at a different promotion and gets injured. You just wait for that moment because suddenly that partnership will all go quiet. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of time between uh, with, with the G1 Supercard coming up. I'm 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 really fascinated. I don't foresee, you know, who knows what's gonna happen. Honestly, uh, my friend Lou. Moving parts. There's and it's moving by the second, really. Um, and this was a big move for all elite wrestling. Whether you think uh, they're gonna fail or not, uh, you really shouldn't. Uh, personally, I would say. You really shouldn't wish anybody to fail as a wrestling organization or in life. <laughs> uh, th- I think there's plenty of space for uh, for any reg- for all wrestling promotions to have some room to succeed. So, um, my buddy Luke mentions a, a good question that I'll throw in. He says, uh, "Do you think that the production values of all elite wrestling will be?" Um, will be better than WWE or or up to par with WWE because WWE has really set the bar for the top production values in in wrestling here in America. Do you think they'll challenge that or even be better? I think it really depends on how they want to be perceived as a promotion. If they want to be seen as on a par with WWE from the off, it's going to cost them a lot of money but very little return. And they will need to be as good in production value as WWE. I think the standard of the rally told us a lot. The production value maybe wasn't the strongest. I have a very strong memory of that uh, T-shirt cannon not really firing very well. (laughs) A very strong memory of that. Brandy Rose nearly being set on fire, of course. There There are a few kinks to work out. But I think they can if they want to. They can create that sort of production value. And really, if you're flicking between channels, if if you're watching Raw or SmackDown, you go looking for a different show. If you come across something with the right production value, you might stick around. But if you come across something with lower production value, you might look at it and think, oh, it's an indie fed. It's not a big deal. If you want to be a big deal, you have to look like a big deal. You know, the production value is a good point because that that sold me on All In. Honestly, I, I was going to wait and watch it later. Um, but when I saw how good the pre-show looked, I said, I'm getting in on that. I, I, I caught the buzz, and it was a good show. It was, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. Um, so, yeah, I think production value can go a very long way. Um, as far as talent from Japan, we're now seeing some Asian influence. Um, going to be introduced. Uh, do you see any other big, big Japanese names coming over um, as far as women or men? Um, because I think that would really signal um, uh, that would be a real signal of intent if they were to grab some some big names from New Japan. 
and not just be a um, strictly a, a, a I don't know how to say like all in uh, indie kind of uh, federation because um, Jericho's really taken it to the next level with that signing. Do you think somebody yeah. from New Japan would would jump ship? I think a couple of people might, but I think there's going to be a lot of conversations and contract offers going on in the background right now in New Japan. Because obviously with their expansion, it's been a lot of push around American talent, or at least non-Japanese talent. When you look at Jay White at the moment, tremendous talent, and he's getting a great push. And they've lost a lot of their non-Japanese stars at the minute. And because they haven't had that focus on the Japanese stars, the Japanese stars may be more willing to look at different options. So I'd imagine there's a lot of contract discussions right now. If someone big became available, then I think it would be a very dumb move to turn them down because New Japan has been the number two promotion for quite a while. If you can't get the the ones from the top promotion, take the ones from the number two, you know? Get the biggest names you can. But I'm not entirely sure people will be going to AEW and saying, look, I want to jump ship. We'll what? see what happens. Ochobushi is probably most likely. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what would be like if just playing speculation here what would be a name or the caliber of a name f- from WWE to leave that would really make you say wow is there a talent or a wrestler's name from WWE that would really if they went to AEW you would say wow is there anything that would really impress you at this point? Or do you expect more of the guys who aren't really having getting all the breaks at the moment? Um, do, would there be, do you think there's a, there's room for a big, big name um, or just uh, lower, cards? I, Low, lower cards? I have a few, uh, a few thoughts on this. One of which I'll get to later, but uh, firstly, there are quite a few people in NXT at the minute who may have suddenly realized that the route to the main roster isn't quite so easy anymore. When you look at who's just being called up, they are not the top names in NXT. So you look at people like Velveteen Dream, like Adam Cole, who maybe see that the grass isn't greener. They're having a great time in NXT, certainly. They're getting a lot of headlines, but they're on a captive network in that they're only on the WWE network. Maybe if you get a good TV deal in AEW, they can become much bigger deals then. Maybe they can make more money. Maybe in Adam Cole's case, he has people he wants to spend more time with, and so on and so forth. His wife. Yeah, for an example. (laughs) So I wouldn't be too surprised if we see some of that uh, crossover. Going beyond that, there are a couple of people on main roster. Formerly Neville, of course, Pac has has popped up, and I think people of that ilk, maybe a couple of people on 205 Live. I don't think we'll see a Buddy Murphy or Mustafa Ali, but maybe someone like uh, TJP would be an option uh hideo itami oh itami kenta would be it's it's suddenly an option you're interested in isn't it oh absolutely going a bit further up you look at nakamura's maybe not getting the breaks and feels he could do better elsewhere and there are a couple of people maybe maybe tyler breeze but there's a couple where i think they have to be quite careful because there would be a snowball effect with a couple of people if all elite can somehow convince Xavier Woods to jump ship, he would not go alone and he would take some of the biggest names with him. 
when it comes to consistent, strong matches. So I think WWE need to look after their talent a little bit more if they start to get a whiff that something's going wrong. If everything's fine, everything's fine. But if they start to feel that some of their talent are getting annoyed or upset, maybe look into that. There is one thing that would surprise me that I think will immediately put All Elite Wrestling on the map in a big way that is absolutely achievable right now. And nobody's going to like it, but they could sign Brock Lesnar. It doesn't seem, just from my perspective, from a fan's perspective, that that's the type of guy, and this is just from a fan's perspective, um, that's the type of guy that, that, you know... Uh, I agree completely. Young Bucks would want to work with. It would put them on the map. They could stick him in the ring with Jericho and they could have some great matches. And people would tune in. It's mm, a draw. Of course, yeah. I mean, and of people, course, as you know, it goes where the money is. People doubt, oh, why is Jericho? Why is Jericho? He only fights three times. You know, people, you know, the Boo Boys are out for Jericho in Japan a lot. But look at what he does he put on one of the best matches of the night at wrestle kingdom um jericho's draw he's one of the best there is um and uh yeah jericho not being a draw is a is an argument that i can never make sense of but um but yeah jericho and brock i i don't know i it would definitely rub a lot of people the wrong way but those so, people would probably watch it as well um <laughs> i would love every second of it um let's see boy uh do you think this can fail? I mean, can this can this really just blow yeah, absolutely. up? Um, yeah, anything can fail. I think they've got uh, a lot of good marketing talent, a lot of good businessmen involved. So I'm not. I don't think it will fail. I don't think it'll reach the level that they're looking for straight away. But it certainly can fail. Because they said, commit too much money, it's going to fail. They have to be careful. Because you're saying like the 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 t-shirt cannon and the fire and the pyro, uh, you said things to me that were like that just screamed TNA, and uh, there's a the fear in the back of my mind as a fan that it's just gonna be something like that. But then they also have another side of me that says I have a lot of hope that there's gonna be another player in the game. Um, so what kind of expectations should we have for for this company? I mean, it's very early, but what 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 do you expect AE Wrestling to be in a year from now? Well, starting off, I think you, you raise a good point in TNA. You, you look at people saying that, oh, it's different in All Elite because it's run by wrestlers, it's run by this. Jeff Jarrett had been a part of a very prominent wrestling family for a long time. He knew wrestling mm-hmm. and he knew what he was doing when he started TNA with a lot of big names. That the idea and was the same. The execution may be slightly different. I think TNA borrowed a bit too much from the Vince McMahon playbook, or in some circumstances, the Vince Russo playbook. But you can start to see some of that happening with All Elite when they announce the the viewing figures, oh, this many people watching, or for the first 20 minutes or so, you see Conrad saying about what a visionary, what a revolutionary Cody Rhodes is, and the the propaganda machine starts to wearing, starts whirring. So I don't think it started off too differently to how TNA would. Now, what I think we need as fans, and I think they need as a company, is a bit more patience. And they've started well in that the contracts, the pay doesn't kick in until they have a TV deal. They can take their time with this, and I feel that they should. 
I don't think we should start seeing a regular show until after Double or Nothing at the earliest. Because they need to get a few more signings. They need to get a first few months of storylines laid out, sort out a few promos, build some hype on the internet, really grow those numbers. And in a year or so, if they have a TV deal, we could be seeing the first few shows. We could be seeing five or six months' worth of shows. We could be seeing a product that is close to where, for example, a Ring of Honor is right now. I don't think they should be pushing beyond that at this point. Mm -hmm. They've got strong draws. That's a big advantage. And people will tune in, but they still need a very good TV deal, which, of course, is up in the air at the moment. Yeah. It's, uh, it could go in a lot of different directions, and I think with patience and I think with a bit of support from the fans rather than hype and excitement, if, if the fans are a bit more patient with them and supportive and accept that there are going to be a few setbacks, it could be something very special and very different. Well, we start to see with all the T-shirt purchases, and they're very tight with Pro Wrestling Tees, so that's a fantastic avenue for merchandise sell. I mean, they've got a ready-made setup right there. Um, so that's that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, Tom, th this has been fun. I want to put a pin in it for now because we could speculate and speculate for hours. And there's no doubt that that's exactly what's going to happen um, over the internet for the next four months. Uh, so we'll put a pin in it here. Tom, I just want to say thank you for jumping on at uh past midnight to, to no, chat with me midnight. it's uh absolute, it's, it's no yeah. problem I, I had fun that's absolute pleasure man um and please follow him at kalahu on twitter um you'll see his writings he's got uh, a really good article that i mentioned on the stream yesterday that you should definitely take a look at about what we do know um of course that's going to be changing day by day um and of course yeah follow um pw torch for all wrestling needs um tom thank you so much we'll have to do this again in the future and be a little more prepared and i'll have some better questions for you next time uh but thank you so much for your time buddy no problem with the questions i, I thought it was great it's perfect and uh yeah i'm sure we'll have other occasions we may be more prepared we may be less prepared who knows <laughs> well it was a pleasure to speak to you and thank you guys for joining in the uh, youtube chat uh, and please uh you know subscribe hit the like button all that good jazz uh, thanks so much guys Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.